Blog Talk Radio. For all the news you need to know, welcome to the Beautiful Butterfly Show, where great people and great topics are brought together for stimulating and thought-provoking conversation brought to you by the Vibration Radio Network. Welcome, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. want to say happy Thursday to you fantastic folks out there. And, um, of course, the Beautiful Butterfly Radio Show is brought to you by YRN 1328. That means you listen to a show that's being broadcast uh, internationally and globally, baby. So, of course, we are excited. We got a new guest um, who's coming on. And we're going to be talking about a special topic, uh, one that has um, always been close to my heart, and we've talked about on the show um, several times um, over the, the different seasons, but mental health. And so tonight we're going to welcome our special guest, author, speaker, and life coach, Netta Bach. And she's going to be joining us, and we're going to be talking about her program, um, Reconnecting LLC and Uniquely Image. Uh, so tonight we're going to talk about mental health and the stigma uh, that is on it. And we're going to talk about some resources, how you can go about getting some help, how you can go about lending help and support to those loved ones. Many of us have loved ones, family, mothers, fathers, close friends um, who may deal with um, mental uh, health issues. And so we need to understand how we can be supported um to them um, during this process. So we're going to delve into all of that and more. And at any time, you may have some questions or comments, uh, feel free to call in. The number is 347-326-9139 is the number. And we're going to let you join the line with us. Uh, but before we do that, uh, we got to pay a couple bills. And we're going to go to some commercials, but we're going to come back. We're going to welcome our special guest right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Check out the creative work of the author, Trent Williams, of www.taylorkennedymedia.com. Chapter of the Delta gives us a peek at his life-changing events. And if that's not enough, Trent tells you more about his brothers and his life through memoirs in his book, The Four Horsemen. His blogs and daily stimulating quotes are published in his book, Life's Little Addiction. And when you have a need of some human coaching of life and relationships, Take a look at Conversations with Trent, Volume 1 and 2, and Conversations with Trent, Limited Edition. You will find his works available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all online book retailers. (laughs) 
And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. And this evening, we are welcoming our special guest, uh, Netta Vaught, and she's coming on, and she's going to be talking um, about um, her businesses that she has created. And uh, she's going to talk about why she has dedicated um, her time to removing the stigma of mental illness and bringing people uh, together um, with understanding and clarity. And so tonight, you guys, we're going to delve into that. And so I'm going to bring our special guest on here so you guys can um, hear all about her and more. Ned, are you there? Yes, I'm here. How are you, Bianca Fly? I am doing great. Did I say that right, Netta? I've been practicing like I think. It's not good. Everyone calls me Netta. It's Nita, but everyone calls me Netta because of spelling. Okay. Yes. I can go with Nita. I have an aunt named Anita, so that I can I can do that. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, welcome to the show. I'm glad to have you on here. Oh, thank you for having me. I was excited. I Absolutely. was like, what? <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely, my pleasure. And, of course, um, for the folks out here, tell them a little bit about uh, about yourself. Well, I am a native Washingtonian. Um, I was born and raised here in the district in Washington, D.C., and I am a mother of five. Um, beyond that, uh, for me, let me see, I'm a community health worker as well for the District of Columbia where I help those who are um, on Medicaid, underserved communities to take better care of their health care needs, um, set goals, mm-hmm. and help them create plans to become healthier. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also a life coach um, where I help others to affirm their life um, and become unapologetic to their wives. Um, I also share my story so that others can also break their silence so that we can stop the stigmas of mental illness and so that we can start to heal and welcome to our purpose. Absolutely, absolutely. And, of course, for you, what was it that made you get close to this topic when it comes to um, shedding light and being that support system, especially when it comes to mental health? Wow. Back in 2015, um, I had a stroke at the age of 33 years old. And at the time, I I was overweight and diabetic. However, later on through that year, um, you know, I have five children, and I was unemployed and just gaining weight, very stressed out, trying to, you know, cover the bills, feed the family, and I'm just right. running myself into a wall, and nothing seems to heal. Um, I started to have panic attacks every single day and anxiety mm. attacks, and it just happened out of the blue one day. It was like right. I went to bed, and I was fine, and I woke up, and my life literally changed in that moment. Yeah. Um, I started to okay. suffer from um depression and my wait time as well trying to see a psychiatrist was low over two months and so by that time I started to have you know manic episodes I'm waking up I can't sleep my heart rate is Mm -hmm. racing at 100 while I'm asleep Mm -hmm. and so it became in that time those moments that I said this something has got to give and me being a community health worker I'm already trained to help others to be able to overcome their traumas and help them to set their goals and so I've really had to 
dig deep in that moment because I was on the verge of suicide again, and I didn't want to leave these five children behind, and I didn't feel that God had me to come in this life to just live, go through all the traumas that I've been through, leave five children, and then just die. So I really pushed and pushed. It was in those moments that my back was really up against the wall, and I was fighting for my life that I became closer to the topic of mental illness and really said, you know what, I don't care anymore. Like, I'm unmasking myself, and I don't want to hide this no more, what I'm going through. So it was in those moments in 2015 I just really pushed. Absolutely. And let me ask you, going through all of that, because, I'm, you know, and a lot of people, more and more, um, even recently, I've noticed um, how anxiety affects so many people, you know, I, I never mm-hmm. realized it um, quite growing up. But even now, um, a lot of my friends, a lot of my family members have experienced it. And I think sometimes we are just always in drive mode. You know, we're going 100 miles per hour. We're trying to work. We're trying to accomplish goals. Mm-hmm. We're trying to take care of family and, and kids and, and all these things. And so a lot of times, we're the last person to be taken care of. You know, we're not thinking mm-hmm. of ourselves. We're thinking of other people. And so, and, and for me, myself, I, I battled with um, anxiety attacks for for years. Um, and, and it was strange for me because it happened after I got married. And most people think, like, oh, that's the happiest time of your life. And it was. <laughs> However, mm-hmm. you know, right. like you said, I went to bed one night perfectly fine, and I woke up the next and my life was totally different, you know, for several years. And so I think a lot of people don't realize, you know, that the changes that you go through in life and and you just putting so much energy into other things. And so what did you learn by the process of of going through the anxiety, going through the depression, thoughts of suicide? What did you learn about yourself the most, do you think, during that time period? Wow. I actually learned that I was hurting more than I knew I was. I did not know that I was that hurt. The reason why I say I was hurting is because I remember when I finally did see a psychiatrist, um, I was trying, and even before then, going to the doctors back and forth and emergency room visits, I was trying to, you know, explain to people, like, I'm just really hurt. But no one's hearing me say my feelings are really hurt. Um, Right. You know, it's just a string of things, you know, as uh, African-American woman, we are taught to just be so strong. And Mm -hmm, I was so busy mm -hmm. being strong and trying to fit in and just going and going and going, you know, and I learned that, you know what, there were some things that I really had to face. I had to look myself in the mirror, no matter how ugly it looked, no matter how I just wanted to ignore a lot of stuff. I just had to be honest with myself and tell myself, you know what, Nita, you got some stuff you battling with, and you're going to have to let it go. Um, And so I found my strength. I found who I was in those moments, Um, even though I was broken inside, you know, I was, you know, shame, I was guilty, I I felt guilt and shame for so many of the decisions that I made in my life, I felt horrible having a job, you know, having these five children, and, you know, being a single mom, so 
I was broken, but I found my strength in those moments, strength that I never knew I had. And I actually, in that moment, found my own personal relationship with God. And it was different from just going to church, sitting on the front pew, you know, and hearing the word. Like, I really found this relationship. I was like, you know what? God is really my buddy. Like, there was (laughs) no one. (laughs) Really, like, it was no one there. I had literally no friends. Um, I lost everyone that I thought I was connected to or cared about me in that moment that I needed people. And nobody was there. So, yeah, I I was the one talking to myself in the dark, like, God, come on now. I need you in the hospital rooms. I was talking to God, you know, and tears running down my face. But I I found my strength, and um, I found my voice, my voice that was silent. I found it. Absolutely. And and going back to what you were saying, especially about um, being um, an African-American woman, and not just being an African-American woman, but just being an African-American, period. I think that when it comes to mental health, it is a very taboo topic in our household. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that we might have known that we might have had a a uncle or a cousin or someone who uh-huh. seems a little bit off, you know, and you couldn't pinpoint yes. and people have said, oh, they've been like that for years, you know, uh-huh. and, and, <laughs> and and nobody ever, but nobody ever addressed it like, well, why, you know, why have they been uh-huh. like that for years? What happened right. to put them in that state of mind? And then just sometimes having that conversation is, 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 crazy because I I um I just had that conversation with a girlfriend of mine today about in African American households the the thought of somebody having a breakdown or a nervous breakdown is what they used to, used to call it mm-hmm. uh you know having a nervous breakdown um or just having you know disruption in their lives it, it was so taboo because people just made it seem like it was something that you should have just you know toughen up and get over it, you know, and, and move oh, forward, you know? Yeah. 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 So do you think that is a huge stigma, especially when it, when it comes to our culture? Oh, definitely. It's a huge stigma. Yeah. I mean, just going back, looking back over my life, you know, I was molested yeah. at a very young age and, wow. and I mean, the age mm-hmm. of like three and four years old. And so, wow. um, I remember at five, you know, telling what happened mm-hmm. and I love my grandmother. Um, but you know, she comes from the old school as we call it. Right. And they're like, hmm, no, don't talk about it. Don't tell That's nobody. Right. Yeah. It didn't mm-hmm. happen. Don't keep saying that. And it's not, not that, yeah. you know, I think yeah. that's just what they were just taught. Like, you don't talk uh, about some yeah. things that went on in the household. And what happens is right. after, you know, before for our culture period, we find that these things become generational curses. Mm. And it continues Absolutely. and we don't talk about it. And then later on, that's somebody right. says something, there's like this big family feud. And, you know, now yeah. you're finding out, wow, you know. Aunt so and so, mama this, cousin that, and nobody never said anything about it. And so we really gotta start talking about these things that are hurting us. We gotta and, and not just like, you know, family traumas and molestation and things like that, but also hurt and pain. We gotta be able to be able to express ourselves artistically without being judged, without someone saying, Absolutely. Oh, you need to get over it because things right. affect everybody differently. And That's so right. when you shun a person and tell them to be quiet, 
that silence is what causes the depression to continue. And so you'll see people, you know, we'll say we need to get our minds right. And so you'll see some people go into drinking. Some individuals yeah. start doing drugs. Uh, some people become angry and, and kind of just build that wall. And so it affects us all differently. So we got to be able to, to listen to people when they're saying, look, I'm hurt. and Something doesn't feel right. This is something, this is different. This is a different type of hurt. Um, not only that, we got to start becoming educated about it. You know, right. if we don't become That's educated right. about this topic, we can't prevent. And prevention is going to be key to many of us not going into a crisis, but being able to listen to our bodies, being able to um, have, even if it's one or two people to listen to us, to help us through the process. You know, those mm-hmm. things are very, very key. Absolutely. And and I also think that, you know, it's kind of going back to, you know, the, the conversations that, you, you know, had with your grandmother of, you know, well, don't repeat it. And, it, and, it, and it's unfortunately, like you said, it creates that generational cycle where it's that, you know, whatever goes on in our household, you don't tell nobody. You know, you just mm-hmm. you just keep it to yourself. And so I think, well, I don't think I know. I've seen the evidence of what happened when people keep those deep, you know, bedded secrets because those little children turn into adults and, and they still harbor, oh, yeah. you know, a lot of mm-hmm. those things that happen. And so, you know, even even looking back and you being oh, yeah. a mother now, how important do you believe it is that we 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 do take you know, we do get um our children the help that they need at the early age and stop, you know, thinking, Well, all right, you know, this this will pass, this will be over because we see the effects of what happens when they don't get the help that they need. Oh, wow. I know for me personally with my children, yeah. I'm very open with my children yeah. about a lot of things. Um, <laughs> yeah. there, there's no secrets, I think, with me and my kids. <laughs> and it, I, 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 I love it. Sometimes my kids are looking at me like, Mommy, really? And I'm like, yeah, this is something you got to really know because my kids help me mm-hmm. if I have those moments of anxiety. It's very important that we start having these conversations with our children because the generation now is very different. We have very, very brilliant children in this generation, and they have this drive. And we know how hard it is out here in the world. We can't shun our children. We have to also understand that environments really affect us. And so if you live in an environment and have children in an environment where it may be violent, allow your children to be able to express themselves. Don't tell them to be quiet. Find that thing in your children that you're going to be able to um, help them to pull out. You know, we have our children are very smart in math. They're, you know, they're talented in singing and, you know, rapping and music. Like these kids are so brilliant in, in technology. Um, finding those things that we can help our kids to be able to have their outlet. Um, and it's important because even though at my age right now, 35, I still have those moments where it flashes in my mind yeah. Yeah. of the things that happen to me. And, you know, Absolutely. so we have to know, like, these kids see more trauma and more things than That's we right. did because of social media. Oof, you know, yes. they <laughs> – <laughs> Yes, these kids yes. that's more, real, though, yeah. 
So we have to protect them. We have to do the best that we can. We have to have these real conversations with them. We got to stop saying, well, they're not ready to talk about this. You will be surprised at what these children already know nowadays. Um, So it's best that we start having these open conversations with our youth and our children, whether it's your nieces or your nephews, because the things that they go through and those feelings that they don't know how to really express, we need to just have open, candid conversations with them to be able to help them through the process of life and prepare them. Absolutely. And the thing about it is that nowadays, Nita, do you think that parents, um, and, and I've had this, this this conversation come up in debate about are parents being too friendly with their kids, meaning are we just, you know, saying, okay, um, it's okay, are we still trying to cover uh, and keep our babies in the closed doors versus just having those real conversations? Do you think some of us are still, you know, trying to, you know, to 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 keep the wall up where our kids are not knowing what's going on. Well, um, let me see how I can answer that. I, I, you, I think that sometimes <laughs> we do have we do have some parents who are, are very friendly with their children, and mm-hmm. um, I, I'm I'm the mom. That I told my kids <laughs> we friends, but I ain't your best friend. I'm your friend when I need right. to be your friend, but remember that I am also your mother. So there's that respect boundary. Um, you know, we have to really know the limits to it, so our kids can also respect us. And that's just how I am with my children in the household. Um, but you know, I need my children to also know what's going on with me, so that they don't be afraid. I need them to know what happened to me, so they don't even be afraid to speak about some things that are hurting them. Um, even, you know, I remember one day my daughter came to me at 11 years old, and you know, this was a moment she found like who her friend really was and who her friends really were not, oh, and that man. was that moment. <laughs> that was that moment <laughs> that she was hurt, but she was angry yes. at the same time. So right. I started having these early conversations with her about finding herself and, you know, yeah. appreciating what you had in that moment with them. But these are the things that you're going to go through very soon. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we need to have uh, conversations with our kids that are very, very real because the generation Absolutely. is very different. Absolutely. And, and for me. We got to be honest. I, I, absolutely. And I found like even for me, because I have a three-year-old and I said, it's so crazy to see personalities at that age. You know, you take them to the playground. You have some kids who don't want to play. You know, they don't want to play with them. And and I got like, I have like a very friendly child. So everybody, she loves everybody in the world, you know. So she's just that friendly, outgoing. So when she come across that child, you know, who may not want to play with her, she kind of brushes it off. Where I'm on the side, I'm upset because I'm like, you know, well, well, what's going on? But then there's times that it does bother her, and I just have that conversation like, you know, everybody – you know, may not always want to play with you, you know, but you, you go find mm-hmm. other friends and you keep playing, you know, kind of that positive reinforcement uh, behind mm-hmm. it. Because I think that the the sooner we, you know, put that knowledge into their head, 
the better they're off learning how this, you know, how things are going to go growing uh-huh. up. Because we, you know, as adults, we get around people who may not like us. They may not want to be our friends, but, you know, we've got to oh, keep yeah. moving. And <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and I have three-year-old twin boys. <laughs> oh, yeah, goodness. I, it, it, yeah. I, so the personalities with three-year-olds, I totally understand what you're saying. Yes. Um, but I, yes. I will say because I've also, um, you know, I've gone through this process of my right. own personal traumas with depression and suicide attempts. Mm-hmm. Um Mm-hmm. And finding, you know, going through this journey, I started to do things a little bit different with my twins. And so they mm-hmm. have conversations sometimes. I can't believe I'm sitting there having conversations with them. It's like they're intelligent. Yeah. But also I help them when they get angry. I'm like, okay, well, let's talk about it. Um, what, mm-hmm. What's hurting? How, tell me how you feel. Those are things I didn't do with my oldest three. However, I'm starting to do that with my three-year-olds, and I'm finding yeah. that even with them, I help them to do meditation. So that's something that I do okay. for myself, for my daily lifestyle, and I've seen like, yeah. really great things happen with them. And so I'm able to help them to express how they feel. They're like, I'm oh, very awesome. angry, mommy, and my heart is broken. <laughs> and, so, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, what happened? And so I think, you know, I really like that I've, I've, I've learned these new things, you know, that I do for myself That's as an awesome. adult that I'm also yeah. using to help my three-year-olds. And so hopefully as they get older, when they experience their own personal hurt and pain, that they're able to sit back, take a moment, and deep breathe, think about it before reacting. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, Nita, for you, why do you think that even for years now people have been studying um, mental health and the different aspects of it, why do you believe it is still a subject matter um, that people just don't want to grasp and don't want to acknowledge sometimes? Um, it's that it's that stigma. Um, people don't people believe that uh, you actually you only see a psychiatrist if you start walking down the street talking to yourself or you're running around mm-hmm. naked or you're banging on walls because that's what we were told. You're crazy. Right. And crazy is right. um, acting like a lunatic, you know, insane. No one told us that, uh, you know, it's okay to say that you're hurting and this pain is a bit different than your normal hurt and pain that you feel. Um, we weren't taught to really express ourselves artistically without being judged. Um, and even for, you know, our community, our culture, it's you go to church. And for sometimes for some mm. of us going to church may feel like, may make you feel like you're a demon. Um, Mm -hmm. you're wrong and so we have the taboo in the church Um, it's a lot of things that go into play you know having people laugh at you uh, hearing the people say well uh, you got to take your crazy pills so we don't really realize that you know, depression and grief comes in all different types of ways. And it could be a loss yeah. of a friend, the loss of a job, the loss of your car, your bills are behind, uh, your relationship right. isn't working. All those things affect your mind. And when it affects your mind, it affects your emotions. When it starts doing that, it starts affecting how you think, how you 
speak. And we need our minds to keep us going because our minds, uh, you know, sends the signals to our bodies for us to speak, for our eyes to move, for our legs to move Absolutely. and walk. Um, so we have to protect that and guard that. And we just have to get out of that entire thinking that you only go seek help when you're, you're 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 to that point that you're in a crisis and you're talking to yourself. No, seek the mm-hmm. help in the beginning when you feel that something really doesn't feel so right in that moment, and and you need someone Absolutely. to talk to. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, what we're gonna do, guys? We're gonna take a little break, but we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about uh, statistics, some statistics regarding uh, the mental health stuff of mental health stats of adults and uh, you guys probably be surprised by the rate of youth depression which uh, Nita has been talking about as well so we're going to take a little break you guys we're going to delve more back into this you guys so we'll be right back with more uh, Nita Vaught you guys right here on the beautiful butterfly show hey y'all it's coach Michelle Jackson and when I'm not busy coaching motivating or writing I listen to Bianca Fly on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Bianca Fly takes me high on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Hey everyone, it's me, Lisa, from the Conversations with Trent Show, featuring, you guessed it, me. Be sure to tune in Friday nights, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, as we strive to guide you to greater authentic living, right here on your radio network, YRN Back everyone to the beautiful butterfly show, and this evening, you guys, we are joined by special guest, author, speaker, and life coach Nita Vaught. You guys, and so before the break, um, Nita, I was talking about um the stats, and so according to uh, Mental Health America um dot net, it says that over forty million Americans, adults, um, um, currently. Um, have some mental health condition. That's the states of New York and Florida combined. But then it also talks about how the rate of of youth depression, uh, back when they originally took the statistics in 2011, only 8.5% had depression as far as youth, but now it is steadily increasing. And I know for you, dealing uh, with mental health, We've seen a lot lately of our young children sadly taking their lives, you know, because Mm -hmm. of depression. And I I think every time I I read an article or see a story on TV, it just breaks my heart because I begin to wonder what, you know, and you're thinking, what 
such a young age could you possibly, you know, and that's the first question people say, well, what could they possibly be going through, Mm -hmm. you know, at the Mm -hmm. age of six or or eight or ten to to want to take their lives? And so before I give my thoughts on that, what do you believe are some of the reasons, um, Nita, that a lot of our youth um, are are having more trouble with depression and eventually suicidal thoughts, and some of them actually carrying carrying out, you know, to commit suicide. Wow, um, you know, it brings me back to what we talked about earlier with um, mm-hmm. our youth being um, the social media, you know, yeah, social media. Yeah. Um, social media bullying, um, you know, mm-hmm. times are very different. And you have children who are trying to find themselves while in war zones, while in communities where there's a lot of violence. Um, you don't wake up to be happy to go to school anymore these days. Kids are waking up trying to mm-hmm. hope that, you know, they walk down the street and they can make it to school because of a neighborhood they're from. Someone may see them and target them, you know, um, they're busy right now thinking about how to survive um, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, our youth go through so much, and, and their voices are very silent. No one listens to the kid. It's like when you're a child, right. you, you ever heard the parents say, well, I'm the parent, you're the child, and it shuts you uh-huh. up. But these children, yeah. um, they're born with drive. You know, it's a new generation. And so we have to make sure that we encourage them, uplift them, help them use their voices, their talents. Um, we, we don't want to shut them up, but they're facing so much trauma in this lifetime. And when you're growing up, in a home that maybe there may be some trauma in there. Uh, you know, we don't know what these kids are going through. Uh, a lot okay. of these children are going through some rough times in the household, mm-hmm. drugs, um, alcohol, molestation. Yeah. You know, we look back at times like my grandmother, and I'm like, man, Grandma, you strong. Boy, I'm telling you, I ain't going to be that yeah. strong like you. The generations change. And so, um, we, you know, we have to be able to, as adults, we have to look at our own past traumas that we've gone through so that we can protect our youth, so that we can help them through their own pain. Because really a lot of these youth are really left alone by themselves to really fend for themselves. They're growing up very early as adults. And so when you have to go very early out there in the streets, uh, you know, that's a whole different ball game out there. It's scary out there. Uh, when you when you go through that, depression kicks in. We don't know what that is. This is a feeling that we don't know about. Uh, again, they're told maybe, you know, you have to just uh, don't worry about it. You'll be fine. You know, they're not getting sleep. You know, sleep causes, uh, racing thoughts cause us to go um, into depression and anxiety. And, and when you get to that point where you're like, I can't take it no more, um, these kids are at that point. They're like, I don't know what else to do. Nobody's going to hear me, so now you're going to miss me. Mm. You know, it's yeah. just that feeling of maybe you'll be appreciated when you're gone. And then, you know, family and friends were asking all these questions. Uh, well, what is it? These kids suffer more than we think that they do. They go right. through a lot nowadays. It's not like it was when we were growing up. It's so true. totally different. Oh, so true. It is. It really is. It, it's, it's so much pressure and it's so that's why for me 
is so important. And people are like, you ain't, you know, you and your um, your daughter and your family are always going out doing things because I just want her to be a kid. You know, I think that uh-huh. that that we miss that aspect of simply just being a kid. I know for me, I spent most of my summers outside, running around, you know, playing and and, and trying to enjoy life. And kids, like you say, now we got social media. We got, uh, you know, half the population of kids are walking around here with some type of um, technology in their hand, whether that's mm-hmm. um, a phone or, or whatever. And that's fine and good, but I believe it's, it's, you know, time for everything. And I think that we just have to try to make our kids have a, a childhood as much as possible, you know, and not put them in mm-hmm. positions of of not experiencing the joy of that. And, you know, it's hard because especially when you get into, you know, school will be starting back soon and, it's one thing when we teach our children certain, you know, um, models and behaviors, but when they go out and they mingle with other people, it's hard because everybody doesn't send their kids, you know, out into the mm-hmm. world with the same mindset, you know. So then you That's have to kind of deal with that. And so, Nita, what is your advice to those parents on having conversations with their children to make sure, you know, kind of that check-in because oftentimes when we hear these stories about depression or kids committing suicide, a lot of the parents have no knowledge, you know, that their child Mm -hmm. was even suicidal or that they might have even been depressed. What are some signs that we can know when our babies are kind of, you know, have that silent cry for help? Um, a change. If you have a child that you know was very active in something, that's something that they enjoy, that passion they had in the activity, all of a sudden you don't see them um, doing that anymore. Question that. Ask questions. You know, that's a sign something could be going on that you don't know about that's making them lose their passion and and that drive. Um, Also sleeping. Uh, Sleeping a lot more is, 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 that's another sign of depression. Uh, you know, not being, you know, coming in, not speaking. And sometimes if that's just a norm in your home, you just might want to check in. Um, If you notice some things that are just very different about your child, they're not, uh, they become very rude, you know, to you. They seem very angry at times. Uh, Just Mm -hmm. listen out for, uh, you know, what they're saying and how they're saying it. Um, Depression is a very different language. And so, um, it's very silent. You may see kids act out, and we say, oh, my goodness, they're so disrespectful and this and that. Check in with that kid. Mm-hmm. Open up and, be, and just be honest. Don't sugarcoat it. Hey, I see something's going on. I know you're a little right. upset. Let's talk about it, you know, and whatever it is, I want you to know that I'm here for you. We have to let them know that, you know, they can trust us um, and, 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 and just really just be right there for them um and and also for ourselves to read up on it there are um there is the Absolutely. uh youth and ad- youth and adult mental health first aid certification and i have been trying to drive oh, wow. for people to get that certification versus our nine to five um and i say oh, nine wow. to five i've never even heard of that i'm glad that you're talking about that wow <laughs> yeah so oh, this wow. is okay. a yeah, it's a two, I think it's a two to three year certification for youth and adult mental okay. health. And you are nationally board certified. 
The great thing wow. about this is you can also do it in workshops and get the certifications, but it's very helpful for those who suffer, uh, families who have family members or friends who mm-hmm. suffer, because you get trained to understand the language. You get trained to know the signs, um, and you can also use this for employment, use this in the community. Those who suffer the most wow. are the ones who need this, not the nine-to-five workers so much per se, but those who wow. are affected by it. Because what's happening is, to be honest with you, when you're going in for the help, you're being diagnosed, but nobody's taking the time to let you know what this is. Right. So when you right. go into a community like our culture and it's like, you know, we hear people, oh, you bipolar, you go from zero to a thousand. I mean, mm-hmm. that is not yeah. bipolar. We've got to really be educated because if we don't, we're going to see some more trauma out here. And so that certification right. program is very, very excellent. It opens doors. Um, I've partnered with um, Dr. Estrell Webb, who is actually the instructor for those sessions, um, and it's very powerful. I've sat in these sessions and seen adults cry in the youth certification part of it because it brought out some things on why they probably were the way they are as adults or the pain that, that they've been harboring. So it's very important that we, we know, we get educated. And that's really what's going to really prevent a lot of this and help us to understand the signs. We have to get educated so that we can know this language. Absolutely. 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 I'm I'm glad that you mentioned that because I think that, you know, it, and it is, you know, we sit around and <laughs> we throw we throw words out there. Uh-huh. Uh, what, you know, we think people have it, and this and that and the third <laughs> and not like you said, not really understanding the language because I've been in the midst of conversations. I'm like, Do you even know what that <laughs> you even know what uh-huh. that's <laughs> Yes. So and of course, um, uh, for you um, I know that you have you have founded and created um, Reconnecting um, LLC and Uniquely Image. Um, t- um, tell us a little bit about uh, Reconnecting and U- Uniquely Image. So Reconnecting Our Communities is, um, I started that some years ago. I work in the district as a community health worker, and I help people to understand the different chronic illnesses. Um, But it was in that time of my own personal traumas that reconnecting was birth because I was like, this is something right here that I need to help people with. And so I want to reconnect people back um, and to, um, you know, society, reconnect them back to who they are and finding their purpose. And when I say communities, not just from a place where you live and reside, but communities Mm -hmm. of all different people, all different races, because um, depression, if we all sit, it doesn't matter if you're black, white, Ethiopian, Asian, if we all sit and have a conversation of depression and anxiety, our symptoms are all the same. Our stories may be different. However, depression, you know, it hits us all and it affects us all the same way. Um, And so reconnecting our community helps um, you know, individuals to break their silence of that pain that they've been suffering, um, those things that they've been holding on to, and to use their voices artistically um, without being judged. It's really a no judgment zone. Um, it's a place of healing. And I also use my coaching as well. Uh, to be able to help individuals to, you know, just unlock and, and, you know, that pain and um, really walk into their purpose and and to their now, you know, letting go of their past, um, but having that past to be able to push them for their purpose. Um, And uniquely in this, um, I am 
still launching that as well. Um, and that right there is going to be the different faces of everyone who has suffered from some sort of traumas um, in their right. lives. And I want everyone to know that we are all uniquely made in the image of God. We were all created so different. Our stories may be different, but we all have a purpose here. And so I want to help others to be able to use their voices and their stories to become the solution to someone else who may need them and become unapologetic. You know, um, yeah. it's really about, um, you know, becoming unapologetic and forgiving yourself. Once we learn to forgive ourselves um, and surrender, you know, you know, leave those heavy burdens right there. We don't have to pick them up anymore. It's over and really say, I'm done. Like going to God and really saying, look, I need you. Uh, and I'm ready to do this without running away and being afraid. It's about unmasking um, who you are. And so that is, you know, what I've created. Um, and I also have a movement um, coming up in September called the UOU, uh, the Healing Zone. And so that right there um, is also a part of reconnecting a uniquely image that's going to help people to share their stories, um, you know, but I need to get people into that place where they're no longer afraid anymore. Absolutely, absolutely. And for you um, as well, because mental health seems to, like I say, surround us, we even have a friend or we're dealing with something personally, but you as well, you had a parent who dealt with mental illness, correct? Oh, yes. My mom, um, my mom is paranoid schizophrenic, um, and I I love my mom. I know what it's like growing up. It was very, very different. Um, yeah. My mom was injured in a um, car accident in 1987. She was hit by a car, and it was wow. in that moment that she suffered that trauma uh, that later on she started to experience this depression. Um, mm. She wasn't telling anyone, so we you know, my grandmother didn't know. I was very young, but my grandmother didn't know that she was seeking the help um, until one day we got a knock at the door and the psychiatrist that was helping her actually had to bring her home and just tell my grandmother wow. what was going on. And so that's when, um, you know, we really found out about what uh, – paranoid schizophrenia was and bipolar we were still trying to understand this thing but growing up when you're a kid and your mom is suffering from that you know she has these different personalities I didn't know who she was from day to day um you know I wanted to have conversations with her but I just couldn't have them and sometimes I was so angry at God for having me to go through this um my yeah. mom was this vibrant woman who was an artist who was a poet uh she was a yeah. model and all of that was stripped away from her and I wanted her to know who I was but you know it was just hard for her um but I'm grateful that my mom is still alive to this day she's still oh, yeah. um you know she still suffers she's paranoid schizophrenic she's diagnosed um you know and I have my moments with my mom but I learned to look at it differently because you know it had to take me I didn't know I was gonna I used to always say I'm not gonna be like her but I didn't know that I was gonna have my own life story I wasn't aware that I was gonna make some mistakes you know scrape my butt you know I didn't know that I was gonna go through that and so 
I wasn't prepared. I didn't have my mom to prepare me for my own traumas and talk to me. So when it hit me, I had to break that generational curse because I don't Mm -hmm. want my children to go through that. And it's very important that I teach them that it's okay to say that something is wrong so you don't be in silent or embarrassed. Unmask your pain and, and just don't be afraid. Um, So it was really tough growing up for me. And and, and the thing about it is that oftentimes people have a tendency to become standoffers when you have a relative or especially a parent uh, who's being diagnosed with with different mental health illnesses. And so for you, for the listeners out here, what can we do when we have someone who is close to us, like you said, your mom or maybe somebody's experiencing with their dad or grandfather, sister, brother, what can we do to make sure that we are giving um, our loved ones the support that we need? Because for me, I remember being in college and my psychology professor, uh, we had a um, a mental ward um, that was maybe eh, 45 minutes away from our college, and he talked about how years ago when people found out their loved ones had mental illnesses, they would just drop them off, literally, at mental health Mm -hmm. hospitals and never look back pretty much, you know, Mm -hmm. just just leave them there. And if you go to some old, older mental health hospitals where they actually have to, you know, unfortunately had to bury some people, um, there's a lot of tombs there with people who, you know, relatives never came to visit. They never came to claim them, even after they had passed. And so mm-hmm. how can we go about making sure that we support our loved ones who are going all through these situations versus, you know, kind of distancing ourselves away from them? So it's very important that, um, number one, um, let me go back to this um, when you were saying mm-hmm. that, you know, a long time ago people would drop them off. That's true. They would. People would get dropped yeah. off. It was very easy um, to just yeah. put someone in an institution. But the laws have changed, mm-hmm. and it does yes. make it hard Thank if God you are that. a family <laughs> member. <laughs> yeah, but it's a good thing, and it's a bad yeah. thing because yeah, it's, it's true. It's, stops us from being able to really get the support that our families need. Um, It's not easy for me to help my mom when she's in a crisis. I literally have to call a mobile crisis van to come out and assess her. And that breaks my heart, you know, and then they have to take her after they assess her. Um, So we really want to be able to have real conversations with our family or friends that we may see that they're talking differently. Um, You know, their behaviors are very different. Um, let's just be open and honest about it. We got to ask those hard questions of, are you homicidal or suicidal? Do you feel that you're going to be hurt, you know, harm yourself or someone else? We have to ask those questions. And if they give you those answers of, yes, I'm sorry, family and friends, you're going to have to do that call. You're going to have to make that call um, so that they can get the help that they need um, if that is what they're feeling. We don't want to ask those questions because sometimes we feel like if we ask that question, That's us implanting something in someone's head that they're going to do something. No, you need to know. Um, uh, You you know, even the family member that we may say, oh, Uncle so-and-so, he's been a drinker all his life. But let's go back and figure out why did Uncle so-and-so become that way? You know, let's have these conversations. But people have to want the help. 
And the thing is, and, and I'm saying this because because the laws have changed, if they don't want the help for themselves, um, it's really, really hard to really get them to help because they're not, they have to, the law says that they really have to bring themselves in. But we know that if someone is in a crisis, um, they're not going to be able to do that. And so we're going to have to make that phone call. Um, so if you know of a local mobile crisis in your area, um, be able to help them or go to your um, nearest emergency room. Um, bring them in, but let them know that you're going to be right there and don't leave their side. You're going to have some days as a family friend or someone who's going to be there to help support your friend or your family member, but this helps you give you a chance to um, become more educated on it and be by that Mm -hmm. family or uh, member or friend's side um, to help them through the process of healing. Because it's really about healing. We got to heal. It's so much pain that people hold on the inside. We don't even know what they're going through. Absolutely. 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 And and, and we have to, you know, consider um, those individuals' thoughts and feelings because it has to be, you know, a a hard experience for them to, to know, you know, and for them, like you said, to see the person that your mother once was, you know, to where the state that she's in now, you know, it's hard for us to see our loved ones, you know, make those transitions into those, into that, you know, when we know, you know, okay, these are certain things that she used to be able to do, but being able to give them the love and support, you know, is the thing that, that matters the most. And so, of course, out here and having your um, foundation and, and spreading the word of uh, suicide awareness, depression, you name it. At the end of the day, what imprint does Nidavad want to leave on the world? Wow, I want to leave so many imprints on the world. And the one thing that I want to leave an imprint on is I want people to know that it's okay to say something is wrong. You don't have to mask who you are. You don't have to pretend. You don't need no one to validate who you are. Um, I want people to become more aware of, you know, the things that they're going through because I don't want people to end up like I did, you know, 33 years old, suffering from a stroke. You know, I, I don't want nobody else to go through the pain that I had to go through, the mental torment, the depression, um, because I was afraid. And a lot of times you don't want to let go of the people that you have around you. But the truth right. of the matter is that those people are not pouring into you and they're affecting you more with the conversations and the environment mm. that you have, that you're in. Yes. We're going to have to just yes. you know what, not worry about what they say, but you're going to have to walk away. And sometimes you mm. might feel alone, but you're not. When you make room uh, and you let people go, Uh, God is going to go ahead and shower you with your blessings. But in order for God to do that, you're going to have to open up and be willing to sometimes walk this walk alone. And God is going to place those people in your life. Um, I want people to know that it's okay that you're different. We all, you know, created uniquely in the image of God. And so we have to not run away from our purpose and our calling. A lot of times we go through things in our life that's a little bit rough. You know, I wanted to be a doctor growing up. However, I didn't get a chance to be that doctor I wanted to with that, you know, Ph.D. to save lives. 
but you know what? My calling is much stronger than that. So I had to go through the fire in order to help others uh, to become intentional about who they are, who they mm. want to be, and walk into their purpose. Um, God had to raise me up to be different, but I'm still saving lives because. You know, the books, the clinical books aren't going to be able to do what I can do because I come from a lived experience and I come from the books as well, you know. And so, you know, just don't walk, run away from your purpose. Don't doubt who you are. And our lives may change because of the many different environments and things that we've exposed ourselves to or been exposed to. Um, but I want to have a purpose in this life. And I want people to look at me, this mother who was a mother of five, single mother of five children, um, on welfare in a three-bedroom apartment who had no job. I created this business by journaling my hurt and my pain. And from that is who you see today. I also became a life coach, along with me still helping my community, uh, you know, with those who are suffering. So you can do it. You do have a purpose here, and I need people to know, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't worry Absolutely. about the naysayers. We ain't have to, We don't have to worry about that. But I want to leave an imprint on others that you can get through and you will recover. You have a purpose here in Absolutely. this life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm so glad that you said that because a lot of times, and I know I've, I've been working on myself, especially um, I, I think this year, and this year is, is just at the halfway point, um, but especially dealing with people and, and the negativity that comes your way. And, and I think that a lot of times we get affected by that. And I know for me, I used to get really affected emotionally about it, you know, because you think that okay, I'm a, I'm a hard-working person, I'm a good person, mm-hmm. I try to give everybody positive energy, but we come across people who don't, don't want to give us that same energy or they don't give us, want to give us that same respect back, you know. And mm-hmm. I think that we also have to understand that people are going through their stuff too and dealing with their mm-hmm. issues. And so we can't always, you know, just be like, okay, well, you know, um, we we just have to realize some people are going through too. But at the end of the day, I believe that even when you're going through, it still doesn't give you a hall pass to mistreat other people. You know, I oh, think that yeah. you know, yeah, <laughs> we got we we oh, have to yeah. check it sometimes. You know. <laughs> Yeah, we do. We do have to check it sometimes, yeah. sometimes you know. Yeah. And we see that sometimes when we go on the job, you know, people bring right. their, uh, their, right. their life at home to work mm. and it, you know, makes the environment, uh, you know, very hectic. But, you know, that's a part of coaching that I do as well because energy is very, very real. And so oh, yeah. don't bring the negative. Definitely. We hear people say, don't bring that negative energy. Good vibes only. <laughs> but I know it's so cliche, but it's real. It is so real. Energy is very, very real. And so we have to guard ourselves and we have to start affirming our lives as well. Um, you know, affirming, speaking, you know, life into ourselves, um, you know, and 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 not really worry about like we can't be focused on somebody else um and what they're doing. We gotta focus on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, we are the authors and the creators of our lives and so we gotta make sure that we protect ourselves. Don't 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 mistreat others. You want to treat people with respect. And in the same regard, 
also, you know, let people know you got to be careful how you treat people because I was mistreated during my process and my journey. However, I, is where I got a closer relationship with God. And, you know, now God is raising me up even in front of my enemies. People are trying to figure out how in the world is she doing this? But you got to be careful because you don't do. know where God is taking <laughs> Yeah, you don't know where God is taking people. You know, we hear, you know, in the church we say, you know, the word says many are called but few are chosen. And so, there are a few of us who are chosen, and you just have to be careful because you never know when you're going to need somebody again. Um, but I thank God for keeping my heart humble that no matter, you know, what, even if I never got along mm-hmm, with you mm-hmm. or whatever the case may have been, I always ask God to keep me humble because my mission is, you know, you got to think logically. I got to take emotions out of this. I have a work to be done. It's a mission work for God. And so it's important that I share my story authentically and um, unapologetically to be able to help others. You know, it doesn't matter. Um, my job is to help save lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I am just uh, thrilled that you are doing what you're doing, and I hope that you um, keep on pushing, uh, keep people guessing. <laughs> um, and that's all we can do is keep them guessing, <laughs> wondering what our, what our next move is, uh, because we know ultimately uh what 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 is in store for us and and those things are going to happen and so of course uh for you if people out here uh want to connect with you as far as far as uh speaker or um at their next event or even they might want to do some one on one coaching um how can they get in contact with they can go to my website at www.nita n e T A Vault B A U G H T dot com. That's www.nitavault.com. Also, they can connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, um, at Nita Vault. Um, also, um, I also I give my number. Uh, they can also reach me at 202-704-7825. Um, reach out. Email me at reconnectingroc at gmail.com. That's reconnectingroc at gmail.com. Absolutely. And that's how you know Nita is serious, you guys. When people give out their phone numbers, that's when you know people are serious. They are serious when they give out. (laughs) (laughs) They are serious. Everybody else may say, well, just email me. But Nita is giving you that direct number so you don't have no excuse. You got multiple ways uh, of getting in contact with her. And so, uh, Nita, I definitely want to thank you for coming on and just spreading so much awareness and informing me of things I did I wasn't aware of as well as our listeners. Uh, and I appreciate what you're doing um, just for our community. I think that we have to look at our community and our surroundings with more love and appreciation and Try to change some things. You know, we see things are going yes. in one direction, and it's up to us to make the changes because we can sit back all day and say, oh, that's a shame. That shouldn't oh, be yes. happening. This shouldn't be happening, you know. But making that initial step to to try to make those changes yes. is what counts. And so I appreciate you yes. so much. 
Thank you. Oh, and before we go, I wanted to um, just let everyone know as well that the UOU um, movement, the Healing Zone, is going to be for Saturday, Mm -hmm. September the 2nd, and Saturday, September the 9th in Washington, D.C. for $25. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm getting ready to put out more info on that so people can leave their calendars open for September the 2nd and the 9th. Um, And when they come out, you know, this experience is going to be great, Um, inspire others to break their silence, becoming unapologetic yeah. to your whys, healing from your pain. And also we're oh, going to have Nicole Healy. <laughs> She's going to be talking about um, protecting and managing yourself and your children on social media from traumas. Oh, wow. Like it. I love it. I love it. Love <laughs> it. So definitely make sure you get that information to me because I'll definitely share it um, on our pages so that folks um, who are in the D.C. and surrounding areas can go and support. And uh, for you, uh, at the end of the day, uh, what is your, your thoughts um, to those out here who are dealing with some type of mental illness, have a family experiencing, what are your words of advice or encouragement to them? Um, I want to encourage them, everyone, to know that you are not alone. I'm your sister, and I'm standing here boldly in in the forefront of others in the world um, so that you can know you're not alone. So I'm sharing my story so that you can know that I, too, have suffered. Um, We're in this together. We have to help one another. Um, If you feel that you're going through something that, no, you know, you can't talk to your friends and your family about, it's okay to go, you know, seek uh, a therapist, you know, a therapist, let's not let the therapist be taboo. We have many different therapists out here that you can connect Absolutely. with as your community health worker. I'm advising people to talk to your insurance companies and see um, what your options are um, in finding therapy and someone to talk to. Google. You can Google it. I Googled my own therapist, and I wanted my therapist to also be able to connect with me spiritually. Uh, and so um, we got to awesome. become intentional about helping ourselves, no longer give That's ourselves right. excuses, but I want to I want to let everyone know that you're not alone. You have a purpose in this life, in this world. You're going to be the solution to someone else who, who needs you. Um, and so I need you because I can't do this walk alone. So I need everyone else to, to break their silence so that we can stand together and really be able to stand on the forefront to help others to overcome their own personal pain that they're going to go through because it's very important. Absolutely, absolutely. Well said. And uh, once again, uh, I appreciate And for the folks um, out here, um, you do have social media um, as well. You're on Facebook and Twitter, correct? Yes, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Nita Vault. Wonderful. So you guys go and connect with her. And uh, once again, thank you so much for coming on here and uh, bringing us this awareness and shedding light on it. And uh, I hope that everyone takes something away um, from this show, and I definitely know I did. And so I would love to have you back on here again soon. So we're going to have to we're gonna have yes, to again I soon. Yes, I can't I definitely, <laughs> Yeah, enjoy having you on here. And so I hope you have a, a great rest of your weekend, and I'll be talking oh, with you, you again too. soon. Thank All right, you. Thank you so much, Bianca. Right, thank you. All right. You're bye. welcome. Bye-bye. All right, you guys, that was Nita Vaught. Make sure you guys go and connect with her on Facebook, or you can head over to um, her website as well, you guys, uh, NitaVaught.com, you guys, and I'm going to put that link 
on the Beautiful Butterfly Show page as well so you guys can connect with her. And, uh, man, it's so important that we continue to spread awareness when it comes to mental illness, mental mental health awareness, all of those, because little do we know, um, all of us are in some way are connected to someone or personally dealing with it. So I am so glad for Nita coming on here. Definitely appreciate her. And coming up on Tuesday, uh, we have um, Champagne. Uh, she's coming from uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. So she's coming on, you guys, and we're going to uh, be talking about her latest uh, books as well and all those great things. And then uh, coming up Thursday, August 3rd, man, this, the month is our fly by, you guys. We got author Lauren Horner uh, coming on here uh, Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So another great week of new guests. And so we're excited about it, you guys. And so uh, you guys make sure you come and join us and support us once again. Thank you to Nita Vart for coming on here. Um, and giving us an awesome, awesome show um, and informing us on so much, you guys. So with that said, folks, we're going to get ready to get out of here. I appreciate each and every last one of you for supporting the Beautiful Butterfly Show and the YRN Network. And so I am Bianca Fly. I'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. Don't know how, but you did it. Made away. Standing here, not knowing how we'll get through this test, but holding on to faith, you know that nothing can catch you by surprise. You got this figured out, and you're watching us now. And when it looks as if we can't win Wrap within your arms and step in And everything we need you to supply you got this in control And now we know that you
Beautiful Butterfly Show would like to thank you for tuning in. Please be sure to follow us on Instagram. That's at Instagram.com forward slash The Beautiful Butterfly Show. Also on Facebook.com forward slash The Beautiful Butterfly Show. And last but certainly not least, you can also catch up with us on Twitter. That's at Twitter.com forward slash the Beautiful Butterfly Show. And thank you once again for tuning in on behalf of the Vibration 